supported by the rugby site. Here we're joined by another special guest today. We've got Jen. Hello. Welcome on. Thank you for coming. Um, for those of the viewers that don't know too much about sevens or, or women's rugby as well, would you be able to give us a quick introduction to yourself about your achievements and what you're doing at the moment? Uh, yeah, so I'm Jen Kish. I'm the captain of the Canadian Women's Sevens team. Um, in 2012, we centralized here in Victoria, BC, where we train all year round. Um, in 2012 as well, it became an IRB uh, World Series event when HSBC came on board as well to sponsor the Women's and Men's Series. Um, since, since 2012, um, my team has qualified for Rio, has won um, uh, one of the series stops, and have just recently were tied for second um, with New Zealand in the um, this the series. Um, so uh, huge achievements for us, and and not only that, we've also hosted um, the first ever uh, um, tournament uh, for Canada. Uh, sevens in Langford as well and we have it again um, so that's what our team's been up to uh, since I've been on board and and uh, what we're building to and which is uh, Rio 2016. Yeah congratulations on all the achievements so far obviously you guys have come so far as a nation with sevens as well and you guys the women's team are doing so so well at the moment and the men's team are doing all right as well um What's it been like, really, the pickup in the in the whole sevens game? How has the experience changed for you? Obviously, it's a lot more global now and all that sort of stuff. And how do you think the rise of the women's game has really affected the quality of it? Um, well, like as as the uh, the quality of women's rugby goes up, I think um, we have more viewers watching, and um, you know, there's better refing these days, and the refs are working really hard. Um, to maintain an international level standard, which helps us um, keep the rugby standard up. Um, you know, all the teams are now centralized and most of them are professional, um, which also helps the standard of, of rugby. So, I mean, in the women's game, as we get better at taking kickoffs and doing the same, showing the same skill level as the men, um, it's really taken off and it's growing around the world and it's nice to see that um, there's more viewers on the women's game. Yeah, definitely. You talk about you talk about taking the kickoffs there. You took a fantastic one to score against the Kiwis a couple of weeks ago, I think. Um, you guys have the tournament in the States coming up at the moment, I believe? Yeah, that's in uh, Atlanta, I think, on uh, February uh, 8th and 9th. At the ninth, right? Oh, I was about to say. So, oh, did you guys okay. plan that today or March? March? March. No, yeah. April eighth and ninth. My bad. April eighth and ninth. So that's a that's a month away. How's have you guys started preparing for that yet? And how's preparation going? If so, yeah, we um, we're always building towards um, the next tournament um, after the last tournament. Um, so coming off Brazil. Um, as soon as, you know, we had three days off and we hit the ground running again. Um, fortunately, um, you know, there's Vancouver Sevens that will be this weekend, um, which, which is fantastic for rugby in Canada. And we were fortunate enough to get an invitational tournament going um, with 
uh, good quality international sides such as you such as USA, France, um, uh, uh, Great Britain. They put a team together, so um, you know we get the opportunity to to play these good quality sides leading into Atlanta. So that's helping our preparation. And this invitational tournament is based over three days, so it's a similar tournament that you'd see in Rio. Um, so preparation is going well for us, and you know we're we're putting in six six days a week, um, you know, 12 hours a day, really, when it comes down to it from the moment you wake up to the moment, um, you know, you get home and you're, you're putting your feet up and you can shut your mind off. Uh, so it, it's exciting times for us. And, you know, we're going to continue to build and um, keep building off our last performance because, you know, as we all know, uh, you're only good as your last performance. Yeah. How, what's it like for you guys, obviously, being able to train at home and, preparing at home for the Vancouver Sevens, do you think it gives you an edge in any way, being familiar with the weather and all that sort of stuff going into the tournament? Well, we're we're used to the climate. Um, so we, we train almost like during the winter months anyways. It rains an awful lot. Um, so, you know, but as does Great Britain. But not having to fly anywhere is a, is a huge benefit. You don't – you're not fighting jet lag. Um you know, you don't have to recover from a, a plane ride. Like, we're taking a ferry, and it only takes two hours to get there. Um, we don't have to go in super early, so we can stay in our training facility um, for a few a few days more than if we were to fly somewhere. Um, so there's, there's those types of benefits. And um, and then not, not to mention, we have the Canadian crowd behind us. Um, and we get, you know, so playing on home soil is, is always a very an amazing opportunity because um, you have that extra boost and they're kind of like, you know, the 13th player on the field. Um, so I think those are the advantages that, that we, we feel we have. Oh, yeah, definitely. The the support's definitely a huge one and you guys will be looking to, to definitely have a good tournament in front of the home crowd as well. Um, did you ever play 15s growing up as a kid? Yeah, that's where I started and 7s wasn't popular um, back in the day. Um, so 15s was the grassroots of rugby really in Canada. Um, so I started when I was 15 and uh, I went to one world cup in 2010 and it wasn't until 2011 when I decided to give sevens a go, um, and, and try to pursue a world cup in, in sevens, which I was fortunate enough to be on that team in 2013 and, and creating a historic moment with my teammates in placing second. Um, so 15s is where it starts and it gives me a lot of you know, those core values of um, tackling and contact and, you know, building your stamina for, for a long game like that. And uh, I think, um, you know, when I come back to 15s after the 7s program, um, it's, it's going to benefit me as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I, that's, that's pretty much my 15s background. What did you find was the biggest challenge switching over from 15s to 7s? What was the biggest change for you? Because obviously the games are so different. There's less than half the players on the sevens field than there is 15. So what do you think was the, the biggest challenge making that switch? Uh, it, it's got to be the cardio aspect of it. I, I really believe like, um, you know, I could play an 80 minute game. And then when I, in 2011 was when I was invited to a sevens camp, I could barely play two minutes. And that's because I wasn't working that system of, uh, your, you know, your, your PC system and, and, and what we like to say, your first and second gear in a car, um, so you're pretty much sprinting for 14 minutes, where isn't it in 15s, you're going for 80 minutes. And, and not only that, it's the open field tackling, which is so hard. 
Um, you can't hide on the field. So one mistake is leads to a try. And in, in 15s, you can make multiple mistakes because you have yeah. 14 other teammates to cover you. Um, so I found that to be the biggest challenge is, is building my, my fitness to last 14 minutes. And especially for a 20-minute game in the final. Yeah, definitely. Um, also, Jen, you're well known for your aerial ability on on the sevens field as well, taking kickoffs and all that sort of stuff. What for for players looking to improve that aspect of game? What do you think the biggest keys to that are? Do you do you look at the more mental side of things, or or physical, or what do you think? Um, I think it has a little bit of everything. But at the end of the day, you need to break down the skill. Um, for the longest time, I you know I was practicing practicing the J curl without the ball and then I was going into a bag and, tr- and trying to get my knee right so um, it's all about the process and you can't just go from point A to point B um, and expect to be successful and and to do it right all the time so it was you know thousands of hours practicing that skill and and then there's a sense of confidence that comes with it um, it's not easy going up for those balls especially when there's someone on the other end of it um, who you know it's going to be a big collision um, at the end of the day, every time you they, you you go for a kickoff, um, but as the more you come down with it, and it's like building a case when you're in practice, the more you practice it, the more you will succeed. So then, when you go into a game, that's where that confidence comes from because you've already done it. It's the muscle memory. It's it's the timing. Um, you know, it's it's getting. Uh, the, the speed right on the takeoff and, and all those things. And, and obviously, you know, getting your hands right in the air, catching it, the ball above your head. Um, and, you know, like the ball sometimes hits your hand really hard. So having your hands up in the right position, absorbing it, you know, will help it from pinging off your hands. So um, there's a lot of aspects to that. And uh, it, a lot of hours go into it. So anyone who um, wants to become a good aerialist, like, I would recommend to break down the skill and um, and and spend hours trying to perfect it. Really, yeah. Um, we talked to to Ben Herring a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, you know Ben well, um, and he was telling us about about really just the rise in Canadian rugby and the added emphasis on it going forward. Where where do you see? Um, Rugby Canada moving forward in the next couple of years? On, like, from a sevens perspective or just Rugby Canada in general? Um, rugby Canada in general. Um, yeah, like, I think uh, we're in a building process, and a, like a building stage, really, and I think in a few years, um, Rugby Canada will be, will be known as a, as a you know, a, an organization that, that is strong in rugby, in the rugby world. Um, but I, and I say that because like, you know, the women's program's doing really well and, and our men are really battling, um, day in and day out to better their stand or their standings in the world of rugby, both on 15s and seven sides. So, um, I think also, um, you're probably going to see a, a divide in the players with specific sevens players and specific 15s players, because at the end of the day, they're two very different games, and having players play both, it's very taxing on the body and um, and mentally as well. So I think um, in the future we'll have separate programs, which then will allow 
people or players to fully commit to, and then you'll start to see a little bit more success coming out of Rugby Canada. How much of an effect, like a noticeable effect, obviously you're a player and you've been involved for a while with it, do you think that Sevens becoming a part of Rio has made to to these Olympic programs, like in, in just the game of Sevens really, how much of a how much of a notifi- noticeable effect has it made? Um, it's huge. Like, it's brought sponsorship to Rugby Canada. Um, and, you know, uh, because of the sponsorship, we're, we no longer have to pay to play, at least in the Sevens programs. So I think having rugby in the Olympics was a massive step forward for rugby. And not only that, everyone watches the Olympics. So, you know, you're on the world stage and people are going to see this and it's just, it gives more, uh, more, it gives people more of an outlook on what rugby is. And then if you're in the country that you're, like if you're in Canada and you're watching this and you've never seen rugby before, like maybe that's going to interest you to join rugby, a club, right? And if we have more clubs joining in Canada or more people joining clubs in Canada, and wanting to pursue um, wanting pers- pursue the national team, then that's only going to boost rugby in Canada. So I think, yeah, I when I heard that rugby was now an Olympic sport, I was completely thrilled because that's exactly what rugby needed to grow. They needed it to be on a bigger stage than just a World Cup. Is Canada is rugby in Canada growing at the moment? Like, like just normal people like. Obviously, the ice hockey is big, and all all the other sports are huge. Is rugby, the and the, just the general knowledge of rugby starting starting to increase as well with the added coverage and that sort of stuff in the men's and women's programs? Most definitely. Um, you know, in Canada right now, rugby is the fastest growing sport, and that's exciting. And um, you know, we're you know the, our men's team, all their games are on TSN, so. Um, people who are sitting in their living rooms that don't necessarily go out to games can watch and enjoy the sport that we love. Um, and as for the women's side, you know, we, we don't get on TSN as much, but, um, you know, we have more media interested. And the more that there's hype around the rugby, it'll continue to grow. And um, everyone wants to go to the Olympics. So in rugby's a sport that that you can do it in because it it takes multiple skills and if you have the one skill that you're really good at you can add other skills to your toolbox um so yeah it's it's just one of the fastest growing sports right now in canada and i think after the olympics um it'll be even bigger and i hope it's bigger than soccer and hockey here but um i guess we're just gonna have to wait and see how uh, how it ends or how it rolls out yeah definitely is the is the hype for rio starting yet for you guys in the women's camp or is it Obviously, you've still got two tournaments left. Is it a focus on those first and get the job done before you really move on? Um, yeah, like we, well, our focus is right, it is on Rio. And um, I mean, a year ago, it was on qualifying. And in order to qualify, you had to to be top four on the World Series. So then in that instance, it was all about the process and taking tournament by tournament. Um, now we're peaking for Rio. So, you know, we're not, we're not peaking for, uh, Vancouver sevens and, you know, we're not 
peaking for the other tournaments that will be coming up. Um, so, you know, our, our main goal is to peak at Rio. And with that being said, like, we're going to play fatigued in some tournaments. And we, we may not come out, come out on top on some tournaments, but those don't really matter to us right now because it's that one weekend. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a balancing game, I guess. Yeah, exactly, because at the end of the day, this year's, the World Series isn't the biggest thing this year, is it? It's all about, it's all about Rio for you guys going into it. And in saying that, you're still doing superbly well, really, sitting in, in second equal with New Zealand. It's not like you've been throwing tournaments away to, to focus on Rio either, which is still good. Um, What, what for you would be your your greatest rugby moment? Uh, I it's it's the recent one where we beat New Zealand. We we've, we've spent the last four years trying to beat New Zealand, and you know we were always in some cases up by twenty points, and they come back in the last two minutes and take the win away from us. Um, so to finally close out on New Zealand was a huge achievement for us, and. And now we can confidently say that a gold medal is in in our reach. Um, you know, as before, when you can't beat this one team, um, the best you could really do is second place. But now that we beat New Zealand, yeah, that was a phenomenal feeling, and it was historic for us. So it's just another thing in the history books. Would you say that New Zealand were the hardest team you've come up against on the Seventh Circuit? Uh, they're one of them. Uh, right now, Australia is completely dominating the, the series. Um, they, you know, and um, they they have all their key players, and uh, minus their captain Sharni Williams. Uh, but yeah, they're they're on par, and they're they're right now raising the game to a, a different level. So once we figure out um, different tactics against these guys, um, you know, like we'll be coming out on top. Um, more so um, in the games that we're going to be playing them. But we've, we've also beaten them, and, and I guess it just comes down to, in the sevens game, it's who's on that day. Because everyone has the ability to win games, um, but it's, it's who's on and who's willing to go that extra mile um, to, to win. Yeah, how fantastic is it now that the sponsorship's there because of the coverage that's going to happen at Rio and stuff, to really be able to to travel the world and, and play the game you love now. It's it's amazing, and I, you know, um, I never thought that would happen in the women's game because I've always paid to play. Um, and even 2007, when I was a part of the Sevens team going to camps, I had to pay to get my way to these camps. So now that we have the sponsorship, and we have many sponsors that help pay for our travel or our GPS systems or our staff, that you know, our amazing staff. Um, they even pay for some of our meals. Like uh, we have it, we're really fortunate. We have it really good, and and it's just such a stress reliever for us because you can actually go out and play and not worry about the financial side of it. You can't, you don't have to worry that oh, I'm going on this tour and it's going to put me in the hole three thousand dollars. It's I'm going on tour and I can be one hundred percent focused on rugby because everything else is taken care of. So we're really grateful for all our sponsors, and um, and I hope that uh, we continue to get a lot more. But you know, 
you only get sponsors when you win because that's what sponsors want. So we have to maintain a winning culture that we're continually trying to build. Yeah, definitely. Looking a bit outside of rugby now, um, what are your what are your plans moving forward um, outside of rugby? Would you be interested in getting into something like coaching or maybe an ambassadorial role after you're finished with rugby? Oh, 100%. Um, I want to continue to grow the sport long after I retire. And, um, you know, and I, I, I just, I would really love to, you know, like I, right now I'm an ambassador of HSBC, um, which is great because I get to brag about how awesome women are in rugby and <laughs> how often they are as a sponsor and, you know, they're doing great things. So if I can continue to do that long after I retire, um, you know, that's, that's a dream. And uh, to be able to do something that you love after you're done doing what you love, like, I guess, rugby-wise, um, would be the ultimate life. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, you know, and I want to build, you know, some of my teammates and I who are older, once we retire, we're going to want to go back to our provinces, because I'm not from BC, and, and start development um, camps or uh, organizations, and so start doing talent IDs. ID camps that we can send Rugby Canada more athletes um, and so more people can get seen because I think there's a lot of talent in Canada um, that that just haven't been seen um, so I, there's I think yeah I would I would really love to to do something like that are the are the rugby facilities in Canada gaining a stature as well like obviously see about some the odd purpose-built American football facilities and basketball and all that sort of stuff and ice hockey, are they? Is, are there beginning to be purpose-built rugby facilities that are fantastic in Canada? Um, well, we have one, and it's the uh, Centre of Excellence, and that's in Langford, which is um, 20, min- 20 minutes outside of uh, Victoria downtown. Um, that's where our men train out of, and that was specifically built for the rugby teams um we train out of the um out of pisces which is the pacific institute of sports science or excellence sorry and uh that's for all national athletes but we've really become and made it our home um but i can see more rugby um facilities being built long after Rio because like I said after I retire whenever that is years from now that um, (laughs) (laughs) hopefully fingers crossed that uh, I stay healthy you've still got heaps of time yeah right and and that I go back to Alberta and I and Rugby Canada helps me build a facility that I can start training um future athletes in the sport and then start a seven series you know so it's just all about getting the right people in the right places at the right time to help develop our, our end game, which is like growing rugby. Yeah, that's awesome really, isn't it? If, um, with the women's series and specifically, are, are they looking to, to expand it more? Like you've only got a handful of tournaments compared compared to the men's game at the moment, are they going to look to almost equal them out a wee bit where the women get more tournaments as well? Yeah, well, we were at six and then we went down to five and 
then back to four, and then now back to five. And I think it's just um, other countries need to step up and they need to put money out front and host these tournaments. Um, and, you know, it, it, it doesn't all lay on I, the world rugby or, um, you know, like people like to blame. But at the end of the day, I see it as if we, if the women want more tournaments, more countries need to step up and put their hand up. And, you know, we were one of those countries that said, we need another stop. Like, let's put a bid in and let's do this. And let's work hard to promote this sport in our country. And and it was a success. And, you know, U.S. Is, has been hosting their tournament now for the past uh, two, three years, which, which is great. And, um, you know, in France last minute, uh, decided, yeah, we're going to, we're going to host and, you know, it costs money. And I know not every union has, has money, but, um, I think that's the only way we're going to get more tournaments. And, and I guess, you know, after Rio, maybe it'll, what the women's rugby will be more popular and, and there's going to be more fans because I mean, if you can get these stadium stadiums, but if you can't fill them, then I mean, it's quite difficult to even come out of the hole when you do put a bid in for a tournament. Yeah, well, you'd like you'd like to see it a bit more, wouldn't you? Especially now that it's a it's a viable option for many countries to to medal in the Olympics. Um, apart from the tournament in Canada, what would be your favourite tournament that you've been to? Uh, it was Amsterdam Sevens, um, but they're no longer a stop for us. Um, so. Uh, and I liked it. I love Amsterdam because um, it was just the right size of stadium. Um, there's about 10,000 people that come and watch, and there's an in- invitational side to the tournament. It is tournament as well. Um, so, you know, I you know we just came back from Brazil and we played in this massive stadium, but it's so big and women's rugby isn't that big yet, and you're and it's like empty stadium and there's no energy and like um, so. Besides the Canada stop, which I absolutely love, <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll go to Amsterdam, and then the next stop would have to be, um, I, I would say, well, I don't. No, I'm just gonna leave it at that because I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope it's gonna be France because I know that the Women's World Cup in France really took off for the 15 side, and so I'm hoping that there's gonna be a huge turnout um, when we play there. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, right now it's it's definitely Amsterdam. Well, Canada and then Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> would, would you like to, to see more of an increase from, from some of these powerhouses of sorts in world rugby, like the New Zealand and the Australias, to get out there and host some more tournaments for, for the women's game? 100% like they a top nation should be hosting like <laughs> and that's just my opinion and I know that um, rugby in New Zealand for women um, it, it's a struggle there which is shocking I guess to say but um, you know that's what I've heard some of the girls say that it, it's it's hard to to get girls out to play there and I'm like wow like that's crazy and uh, and I know Australia they're really keen to host a a series event. Um, I just don't know when that is. And right now they have Central Coast and Gold Coast, um, which is like they have great turnouts for both tournaments. So um, I can see 
um, maybe next year or the year after that, that uh, Australia is going to put their hand up and say, hey, we, we want to do this because the people in Australia absolutely love this sport. And, um, and, and, want to, and their women's team is obviously doing really, really well. So, and everyone likes winners. So, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. I, I can see them putting their hand up soon. When did you, in 15s, you're a loose forward, I believe? Yeah, I'm back row. Yeah. Where, did you, were you always playing there? Or were you, was there a special coach that stands out to you that really, that really pushed you in the right direction as far as 15s and 7s goes? Uh, yeah, I was always back row. Um they tried to play me at second row, and I was just like, I, I can't do this. Like, this is, I don't have the strength to maintain its shape. Like, I just can't do this. So, um, so I really had to step my game up to stay in the back row. And, uh, I, you know, I, I didn't really have anybody saying that you need to go try sevens or, you know, do that transition. It was more my personal goals within myself was I want to go to a 15s World Cup. Now I want to do the second biggest thing in rugby, and that's go to a 7s World Cup. Um, and then, you know, John Tate came on board in 2011, and he's the one who gave me my shot. And um, he's helped me um, throughout my career now, my 7s career. Um, he's helped me be – he's helped turn me into a really good leader for my teammates. And um, – and I am super grateful for everything that he's done for me because without the opportunity to to chase my dream, like I wouldn't be here. Um, so I, you know, he he was the one that that helped continue and pursue sevens when I got into sevens. Now here's an interesting one. What do you prefer playing, fifteens or sevens? Oof. Um, well, I haven't played sevens or fifteens since two thousand eleven. Um, honestly, I prefer sevens. I think uh, you know it, sevens is just way more exciting, and as a player, um, it's more challenging. You're you're doing open field tackles. The pace of the game is extremely fast. Your skill has to be on par. Like you're throwing at least ten to fifteen meter passes. Um, all your skills have to be pretty sharp and. And, no, you know, the only person that will really bail you out if you make a mistake would probably be your sweeper. Um, so I, I really enjoy the game of sevens. And also playing sevens, like, you play in big stadiums and, and sometimes in front of massive crowds and the energy. And I, I love the fact that you get to see how many different teams play in one day. And I love playing three different teams in one day um, and the tactics. So there's a lot of things about sevens that I absolutely love. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to turn my back to 15s because that's where it all started, but um, 7s is definitely my my choice. Who in 7s do you think is the the hardest player you've played against? It's, it's obviously hard when you're playing different positions and that sort of stuff, but who who really stands out for you that you've played against them and you've been like, wow? Oh, there's so many players on the series right now that I can... I can say, but the one that stands out currently is uh, is uh, Kazlik from Australia. Um, she's she's amazing. She's young, and um, you know, it's uh, she's really raising her team to a different level. But that being said, like after every tournament, it just depends on 
who decides to step up. Like I can start naming, I can name five other players like Portia Woodman and Sharni Williams, um, Sarah Goss, um, Gail Broughton, Jill Potter, you know, like there's, there's so many, so many players that when I'm facing them, I'm like, Oh man, this girl's got mad skill. Um, (laughs) and, And I mean, it's amazing because it's like the more girls that the more women actually that, that are on the series and you can sit there and say, wow, this, this girl's got some serious skill. You know that, that the level of women's rugby is being raised in that moment and, and it will continue to raise to a new level. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, there's, there's so many players and, but right now it's, uh, it's Kazlik from Australia. Um, just to wrap us up today, if you were going to give any advice to some up and coming sevens players, around the world, what would it be? I think it's don't put a price on your dreams. Um, and I say that because not every not every program is funded like, like we are. Um, and I, I know that the struggle for, for um, amateur athletes is, is big when it comes to finances. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to make it work and you got to keep chasing your dream. Um, and I, I firmly believe that if you want it, you're going to get it. You just got to, you, you just don't quit. So, um, yeah, don't, don't put a price on your dreams and just pursue it. Um, that's been Jen Kish with us today, guys. Thanks very much for joining us, Jen. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, Jen Kish, the Canadian Women's National Sevens Team Captain, we wish you the best with the upcoming tournaments in Canada and the States and for the big one, the Rio Olympics, at the end of the year. So good luck for all of those and be great to talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Take care. The Rugby Spiel Podcast? <laughs> Podcast.